In this episode, I had a great conversation with Ruth Haley Barton, director of the Transforming Center in Chicago, Illinois, all about the season of Advent, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, and how that season helps us connect with our own deep longings for the things in our own soul and in the world that are not yet made right. I love this conversation, and I think you will too. Before I get to my conversation with Ruth, I wanted to let you know that Ruth and I have partnered together to provide five separate bonus Advent episodes that'll be available only to our Patreon subscribers. So if you are interested in supporting this good word and me and my work uh, with the podcast, just head over to patreon.com slash this good word. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash this good word. And then you can choose what level of support you'd like to give for as little as $2 a month. You'll get access to each of these five bonus Advent episodes, conversations between me and Ruth about practices uh, during Advent that you can use to uh, cultivate your longing for what needs to be made right in your own soul and in the world. We had some great conversations, so check that out. There's also other great bonus content that you get, free tickets to my live events, signed books that I've done. And so head over to patreon.com slash this good word. I'd really appreciate it if you'd consider becoming a patron. Uh, these days, as my life just gets busier and busier, I'm finding that I love the podcast, but I also need, I'm at the point where I need to hire some help in producing so that I can keep putting out great content without spending as much time as I'm doing in the production and scheduling. So one more time, patreon.com slash this good word, and you can choose what level of support you'd like to give. Okay, without any further ado, let's get to the conversation with Ruth Haley Barton, all about Advent. Hey, Ruth, it's so good to be talking to you and to have you on this good word. So uh, first question, obviously, is what is Advent? Well, Advent is the beginning of the church year, and it's interesting to notice that the church has its own calendar that's different from the secular calendar, and our calendar begins right after Thanksgiving, and it begins with a season of waiting for the coming of Jesus Christ. So rather than skipping to Christmas and just the birth just sort of happens as the, as the beginning, we're actually going to go through a season of waiting to wait for the coming of Jesus Christ, and that's what the word Advent means. It means arrival. It means uh, a new beginning. And um, when you think of the advent of something, you think of the beginning of something. And so this is the advent, the beginning of our church year, marked by our waiting for the coming of Jesus, not only when he came as a baby, but also how he comes now into our lives. So it's an opportunity for us all as Christians to begin together a new year, not with fireworks going off and champagne bottles popping, but rather to begin with a quiet season of waiting for the coming of Christ. So, Ruth, for those of us who aren't familiar, uh, tell us more about the church calendar. Well, the church calendar uh, follows the lectionary, or the lectionary helps us to follow the seasons of the church year. And the seasons of the church year are unique because they're meant to teach us something that we need to learn about the spiritual life. So beyond just repeatedly going over the information about the historical events of our Christian heritage— that following the seasons of the church year gives us a way to fully enter into the rhythms of 
uh, the church year, and especially the experiences of Jesus' life that shape the church year. And so by following the seasons of the church year, we're actually entering into to the great themes of, of the spiritual life, and we are following the life of Jesus and letting Jesus' life inform us and learning with him uh, the things that his life teaches us. So it's a way of staying in touch with the church as a larger community, but it's also a way of staying deeply in touch with the life of Christ and allowing the life of Christ to shape us and to help us to grow in ways that we need to grow. It's really very exciting to think of the seasons of the church year as seasons of transformation that give us a chance to lean in to some of the great themes and dynamics of our Christian faith. I love following uh, the seasons, and part of that is because they they come around every year, you know. So, you, like, yes. you're not gonna you're not gonna nail all of the seasons in any one given year, um, so right? I, I, and and when we're growing, even though those of us who follow the lectionary and follow the church year over and over again, year by year, we're different as we come to the seasons each time. And so yes. God has new things to say to us. He sort of drops the plow on some of these basic experiences of the spiritual life that are just so seminal and so basic to, to our growth. So they are always alive, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, it's like reading a great novel over and over again, but finding yourself in it each time yeah. and finding that the characters have morphed and changed. And That's and so, right. That's right. And that you see more because it's not your first time. Yes. You're coming to them again and again. And so you see them more deeply. You see them more nuanced. You see fresh new things as you come to them. So I always feel a sense of anticipation coming into Advent because I'm starting again. I'm beginning again with some of the basic lessons of the spiritual life. And I know that God's going to touch me in brand new ways because I'm coming to it differently. Yeah. My life circumstances are different. Um, even the scriptures, because the lectionary readings follow a three-year pattern. And so we're entering into cycle C. For those of you who might be following the lectionary, we're going into cycle C. And um, so that'll, that'll make it fresh for us too. So uh, what are uh, the opportunities that the season of Advent particularly offers us? Well, season of Advent uh, offers us a very challenging invitation to learn how to wait. And waiting on God, if you look at the scriptures thematically, you see that the whole idea of waiting on God and learning how to wait on God in the dark places of our lives and the places where things are confusing or unfixed or out of control, or we have longing and desire that's unmet, that Advent gives us training and experience in learning how to wait on God. And so the season of Advent where we're waiting for the, for the coming of Christ, both as a baby, and then we're also waiting for the coming of Christ in the future, in the second coming, but there's also this theme of waiting for Jesus to come into my life right now. So you can actually talk about three comings of Christ, uh, when he came as a baby, when he will come in the future as a reigning king, but now how does God or how does Jesus come to me in my ordinary life in the places where I'm aware of waiting for his presence? Yes. Oh, I love those three different ways of waiting because I think, in, again, in different times of my life, um, one of them feels more important than another. Mm -hmm. um, now, Richard Rohr, you know, we love Father Rohr. He writes about mm -hmm. liminal space. Uh, can you explain what that is and how Advent trains us how to remain in it without running from it? Yes. Um, Richard Rohr talks about liminal space. The word limina means threshold, and that liminal space is a unique spiritual position where human beings hate to be, mm -hmm. but where the biblical God is always leading them. He says that it's when you've left the tried and true, but have not come fully 
into anything that will replace it. So it's when you're finally out of the way, when you are in between your old comfort zone and any possible new answer. But if you're not trained in how to hold anxiety and how to live with ambiguity and how to trust God in your waiting, then you'll do anything to get out of it. You'll do anything to avoid it, you know. And so Advent is about teaching us and training us how to stay right there in that waiting place, face into it, and keep crying out to God in that place. So Advent's a very demanding season in a way because we are more present to our longings. We allow our longings to surface, and we sit with our longings. We feel them deeply, and we cry out to God from that place. We're not alone. We're not alone with our longings, but we are crying out to God and creating more space to be with God in the midst of our longings. So it's challenging, but it's exciting because the possibility is that Jesus is going to come. And Jesus is God is our indication that God is a God who waits to come to us. We serve a God who comes. So there's hope in that as well. Yes. And I, it occurs to me, even as you're talking, Ruth, that even if you might not be in a particularly tough season of waiting during an actual advent, you know, in, in, in your real life, uh, if you practice the, the, the season of advent, getting in touch with your longings, it, it, it builds something in you so that when you get to that place and you find yourself in actual liminal space, you have built up some reserves, right? Or you've, you've actually built up a learning, like a way to, to, live into that. Yeah. You're no longer so uncomfortable with it because you know it's a real part of the spiritual journey. And what I think is so interesting is that spiritually the season of waiting is juxtaposed with the season of consumerism mm-hmm. in our culture where, you know, it, it it's focusing more on your external, more superficial desires and how we're going to buy presents for each other and get presents and all of that that are meant to satisfy some desire that we might have. But the Christian year actually juxtaposes this season of consumerism Mm -hmm. with a season of being willing to be empty and to wait and to not allow other distractions to come in and uh, fulfill us in ways that they really can't fulfill us because our longings are deeper than anything that material things can actually fulfill. So what an interesting thing to live the two of those realities together, you know? Yes. So you've mentioned longings quite a bit, even over the last couple minutes. And I think for some people, that's still kind of a dirty word in the Christian Mm -hmm. uh, language, you know, like longings, desire, what do you mean? Mm -hmm. And so first of all, can you explain what you mean even by getting in touch with those longings? Yeah, I think, you know, when I was, when I first became a Christian, I thought that that would mean that I would no longer have longings. And we've talked about this before, that all of my longings would be met because I would have Jesus in my heart, you know? So it has surprised me that longing is such a consistent theme in the spiritual life and that it's so important to the spiritual life. And so the season of Advent invites us to get in touch with the deeper spiritual longings, not the more superficial longings that we have for success or for material things or whatever, but the deeper longings that we have for meaning, for love, for belonging, for transformation, um, for light in the dark places of our own personal lives, but also the dark places in our world. And um, when we get to the first episode, we'll hear scriptures that actually talk about the longing for Jesus to come in the midst of our world situation as well, not just our personal lives, but the longing that we have for our world to be made well, um, which this season, I think it's very deep. We're, We're just um, seeing so much darkness in so many different places and in so many different ways that we just cry out and we say, Jesus, is there any way you can come into that? It's so messed up. And we're so messed up, you know? 
Um, how is Jesus going to come? And so we, we're just uh, allowing ourselves to be very aware of that and not running from it or distracting ourselves from it. And as you talk again, like I want to point out that it sounds like the season of Advent different than the consumeristic Christmas season where you just go to a bunch of parties mm -hmm. uh, endlessly and overextend yourself endlessly. Advent actually asks us to carve out some space and time to do some mm -hmm. lamenting even about what yeah. isn't right in our world and in our life. And that's very different than... Yeah, yeah. Advent is countercultural. Mm -hmm. I mean, for us to try to practice the, the church season of Advent while at the same time our culture is going crazy with consumerism. And as you mentioned, the schedules are just crushing in December, in the month of December. And so to have a moment to begin now before we even get all the way there to say, how am I going to say yes and no with my calendar so that there's actually some space for the waiting and the being in touch with longing and, and crying out to the Lord and lamenting where we are. Um, and the message of Advent, I think, is is so beautifully captured in the verse that the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. That's a verse from Isaiah that we really do sit in the darkness a little bit during Advent, and we wait for the light to come. We wait for the arrival of that which is ultimately satisfying rather than allowing ourselves to be seduced by distraction. Wow. Uh, one of our mutual friends, Charlie, used to be a pastor, and when he was a pastor, they would do a service called The Longest Night on December 21st, I think. So, uh, you know, the least amount of daylight hours mm -hmm. in the season, but they would take that opportunity to gather together that close to Christmas and lament. And, and, and so I think there are some corporate and some personal ways to do this, uh, yep. to do this season together. Uh, Ruth, so as we, as we think uh, toward Advent and as we um, think about what's going to happen over the next five episodes for those people who decide to become patrons, can you give us a little overview of what's going to happen over the next five weeks? Yes. Well, we are going to be looking at the scriptures that carry us through each week. And because we're following the lectionary, there are four scriptures that go with each week of Advent, and you will receive your email on a Monday so that we're reading into the scriptures for the following Sunday. And so we'll read an Old Testament scripture, a psalm, an epistle, and a gospel reading. And we, those scriptures will help us to be brave in acknowledging the waiting places in our own lives, the places that might be dark. Um, we will be encouraged to stay awake and alert rather than letting ourselves fall asleep through distraction and busyness. Uh, we'll do what we need to do to be prepared for the coming of Christ rather than just letting Christmas Eve and Christmas hit us. We're going to actually be preparing our hearts to receive the presence of Jesus deep into our lives. Um, we're going to be encouraged by knowing that we're doing it, with, doing it with other people, you know, rather than being left alone in it. There's a whole community. There's the communion of the saints around the world who are walking through Advent together. And we want to let that encourage us. And these, even these conversations that you and I, Steve, will have, I hope will encourage us all that we're not alone in any darkness or waiting, but that we are doing this with another community. Um, and that good things happen in the darkness. Babies are formed in the darkness. You know, um, the most beautiful, sweet thing that ever comes into our lives is formed in utter, utter darkness. And we believe that for ourselves in Advent. Um, we're going to be encouraged to pray with our questions and with our longings and also to wait actively with hope. Um, not a passive sort of waiting, but an actual leaning in 
to how Jesus might come to us in the places where we need him most. So um, we're going to actually read the scriptures for you at the end of each episode, and I hope that just hearing the scriptures read will also be a blessing because the scriptures are powerful, and it's powerful to listen to them rather than just reading them. And so we hope that that's a blessing as well, and we'll always conclude with a prayer that helps us to open ourselves to God. Ruth, I'm so excited about this for the patrons. But are there any other practices you might suggest for um, someone who really wants to prepare for Advent with intention? Yes. Well, first of all, allowing the scriptures to inform the season for us is really important. So part of what will come in the email is the four scriptures um, for that particular week. And those will come in on Monday. We'll read into Sunday. Um, and you can find those on our website as well under resources. Um I think also to be willing to begin by journaling about longing, the places in your life that feel dark, the places in your life where it feels like maybe God is absent, um, to begin by being willing to be in touch with longing rather than beginning by distracting oneself with shopping and all of that. Um, One of the things I love to do in Advent, and I write about this somewhere, I can't remember where, is being up early enough in the morning so that you can actually watch the light come. Because one of the themes of Advent is the theme of light and dark and how lightness dispels darkness. And so to be up early enough in the morning to watch the light come is an amazing experience in Advent. Um, Or to light a candle every morning and to watch how a candle dispels light. Um, or dispels darkness and brings light just by lighting it. And um, and I think it's the same with our expressions of longing to God, like journaling about them, is that just saying them is like lighting a candle and letting the light of God come into these dark places that we rarely open up to God. Um, and then if there's anything that we can do relative to the pace of our lives, I always enter into the Advent season because it is juxtaposed with the Christmas holidays, the way that the secular culture celebrates them. What are the things we can say no to so that our schedules don't wear us out, but rather our schedules create space for God? I think really look at what you're going to say yes and say no to and be very, very discerning about that can also be really helpful for creating space for God. Well, thanks for that, Ruth. So helpful. So many good uh, invitations, simple invitations, like lighting a candle or sitting in the darkness or noticing uh, being awake uh, early enough to see the sun come up. I mean, that's so beautiful. Um, so before I ask you to end with a prayer, I'm just going to remind those of you who are maybe not patrons yet, you can go to patreon.com slash this good word and sign up for any level. And then you will get these next five Advent episodes over the next few weeks of Advent. So Ruth, if you would please lead us, uh, in a closing prayer. And so we pray in the awesome name of God, in the victorious name of Jesus, in the mysterious name of the Spirit, we begin this season by acknowledging our God, and we wait. We are still, we are silent, and we wait. Amen. Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to This Good Word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work. 
One is by jumping on Patreon, patreon.com slash thisgoodword. You can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff, including free tickets to any live events that I do, signed books, and other stuff. The second way is to share your favorite episodes via Twitter and Facebook, uh, email, however it is that you share content. Let some friends know that you love it. And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together.